You are cordially invited to a ball celebrating the accomplishments of Andrew Hanbridge. But beware! There are undead pirates and a dangerous bee flying about. Welcome back to the Land of Magic. Reach out, and our after show will begin. It's the Little Witch Academia after show, and it starts right now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Little Witch Academia After Show right here on After Buzz TV. I'm one of your hosts, the internet's Mark B. Donica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica and break it down. Uh, joining me this week is Rachel Goodman. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Goodman. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rachel Goodman or on Facebook at Rachel Ann Goodman. Yes, uh, Stacey Shuttleworth is not joining us today. She's a little bit under the weather. Make sure to send her some get well messages at Stacey Shuttles. Um, but we've got two big episodes to talk about uh, today, Undead Travelogue and Be Affection. Wow. Uh, some people in the chat have already been talking about how episode 10 was their favorite from early on. I guess we can see how that is, especially for our our wayward shippers. As soon as I started watching it, I was like, okay, I get it. And honestly, I think it's probably my favorite episode of the series so far. Of course, I keep saying, this is my favorite Mm -hmm. episode, and then we see a different one, and that becomes my favorite. But I think 10 is going to have a lasting impression on me. It keep, I mean, we still got, we've got three episodes left before the mid-season break, and you know what? The, I, I'm just open to more surprises. I've just stopped calling episodes my favorite, and once once we have a better scope of this first half of the season, probably be a, be a little bit better in deciding which one's the favorite. But I totally understand why you would do that. All right, so uh, let's get to the first episode, Undead Travelogue. We're going on a field trip. Uh, the girls are, for some reason, it's different when it's everybody, like, okay, you, this group will be going out into the, the real world, but it, it was different than when we saw it earlier in the season when there was like a checkout, but it, maybe, maybe the girls breaking out instituted a, a new way of letting people go out, but, uh, what it, when first watching this, what did you think was going to happen when it was, oh, the girls are going back out into the world, and they can't use magic? So the first thing was the fact that they had to leave an item behind, and they made such a big deal about it. I was thinking that they were going to come back pretty quickly, and that they were going to make a big deal because the items got stolen or something. Mm. That was where I thought the episode was going. So when we actually saw them go out and find this guy and bring him back to life, (laughs) that is definitely not what I expected, but... When it all came back to the items and um, we got to the principal's item, then I understood why they made such a big deal about it in the beginning. Yeah, so technically you were right, and one of the items did get, quote, stolen because it was returned to its proper place. But, yeah, I I thought with it being made a big deal about the the shiny chariot card, I thought that Akko was... It was going to be a little bit in trouble because it it always, especially the series has taught us at this point to be trained that these cards mean something more than just a collector's item. Yeah. So maybe something like that. Maybe not. It turns out Susie just wanted to go to the cemetery, pick up a mushroom. (laughs) That's our girl. That's our Susie. Especially after last episode, I was like, of course, mushrooms, they're back. Why not? I mean, how how does she not have every mushroom? Well, I guess that, that was a dream at that point. But maybe... I don't know. We it, it always goes back to mushrooms with Susie, yeah. but um, I, I it turned out Akko just brought potions. She needs to practice. Uh, Ursula keeps teaching her how to 
up her magic game, and she brought a potion just in case if she had an option to use it. And not, I now I understand that they're little girls, and I understand that tombstones are heavy or can be heavy. But really, you needed to use a potion to put a tombstone back up. Yeah, I thought that was a little odd too, but I did think it was really funny how they were like, are you sure you want to do that? I was like, what is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Something bad. And Akko just jumps into everything, jumped into that, just like she jumped into everything else. And yeah. I was like, oh, what, what is she about to do to them now? So we get this wonderful, undead, seemingly pirate captain brought back to life from the cemetery. And he's just on a tear. He's out for revenge. It's all about revenge. I'm going to find this person, and I'm going to make them pay for what they've done. He's fast for an old bugger. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I have to say, though, he's one of my favorite characters on the show. Even though he only had that one episode, mm. he had me, like, dying in hysterics the whole time. <laughs> he just, like, one-track mind, unfinished business, it, it comes back to that sort of a thing. Um, but it, it becomes a journey to... Cap- recapture this pirate captain so that they don't get in trouble. Nobody finds them. But Susie lets her know, ah, it'll probably wear off by sundown. So ah, we got nothing to worry about. And then they just start hearing screams and follow that all around the city. Uh, and again, Susie knocking it out of the park. When they make it into the main square and Akko's trying to fight him, trying to get him back together, everybody, they create a big circle and she means, let him know this is, this is our act. He is, it's, it's about a young girl and a pirate captain. We accept donations and so, and immediately just give us your money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, that was genius. She's like, yeah, we're going to make a profit off of this if we're going to have to deal with the situation. And people actually were giving them money like it was an act. And <laughs> I have to say, it was definitely um, – I love how the girls support each other mm-hmm. even when they get into these crazy, ridiculous situations. Well, it's – yeah. To be sure, they're, they're one of the best uh, teams – in, in the animated world because it's just they they have a complete understanding of each other and go this is how far that person's willing to go this and where I need to make up for that and make this better um, there uh, just a lot happened in such a short amount of time I I, <laughs> I was hoping that the money would come back into play in some way like well I guess it did I guess Susie bought a drink at the bar with it. And uh, maybe she bought a round for everybody, and that's what it was, and that's why they were so happy. It's like, oh, it's all, it's all on him. Um, uh, I love how she was in a bar in the first place, and no one was even questioning it. I mean, I know rules might be different over there, but mm-hmm. uh, just the fact that she's, you know, probably like 11, 12, eh. and they're, yeah. As she knows her way around a bar, that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> some of the, some of the interesting stuff that we got from one of my favorite things about both of these episodes is it seems like it was just oh fun mishap of the week but interspersed between all of that was plot and overworld development with a couple of things that our skeleton friend was saying things of which is are the pride of mankind the symbol of wisdom and they they talk was it in this episode yeah where they talk about the golden age of witchcraft between the Salem witch trials and the industrial revolution where witchcraft became a lot more common in the, in the regular world, in the real world. And actually that to me was probably my favorite part of the episode when they were describing the history and they even kind of showed us a little glimpse of that past. Um, and yeah, even though, even though that wasn't the focus of the episode, it was definitely a very interesting um, piece of background information that we're starting to see here 
um, especially compared with how everything is for them now mm-hmm. in the modern time. Yeah. Um, and especially, I, I really like the the shop owner. We, we've seen him, I think this is our fourth time seeing him at this point, and now he's becoming a regular side character and he it, just how sort of banal he treats the magical world and how, or how regular and, and not necessarily like, Oh, this is the most fantastic thing in the world. It's like, yeah, we got, yeah. we got Cinderella kit. Yeah. Uh, there's the golden age. Do you not pay attention in class? Come on. And, yeah. and, and that, I think we, I would like to see more people in the real world that have that sort of a reaction to magic where it's just a regular part of their life. Um, instead of the Hanbridge families of the world, um, what was your what was your favorite part of all of the antics that they got in together with the skeleton? Um, I think it was. I think honestly, the town piece where he was like running around and trying to like basically um, you know slice anyone he came into contact with, but. I think my absolute favorite was when he was digging through the garbage can and the cops came over and they're like, uh, who is this? And then finally, I think it was Lota. It was Lota, yeah. Yeah, she came up and she was like, uh, this is my grandfather. <laughs> and they were trying to hide his face. <laughs> and the cops were like, yeah, your grandfather, right. Uh, whatever. Hey, man, if we don't have to do paperwork, that's yeah. fine. Just make sure he doesn't tear anybody up. Contain your crazy grandfather. <laughs> it's a part of his condition. Yeah. Um, but in the magic shop, we also find out we find a picture of the address or the people at the address that our skeleton friend was looking for and he recognizes the people in the picture no that her i'm looking for her miranda uh i need to get revenge on her father for abandoning her and sending her off to the world of magic and just leaving her there and that's honestly when i saw that painting and i saw the guy in the painting and miranda and everything that's when it clicked for me that he was hating himself Mm. and that he had done something bad to or perceived that he had done something bad to his daughter and that's what this problem was and that's why he was you know i guess going around doing all this haunting sort of well it was haunting yeah uh for me that's when i realized that that the baby that miranda was the principal so that's that pulled my focus immediately it was like oh that's 100 percent the principal and uh that's where i was like oh i, I wonder <laughs> that i guess that pulled me from being able to to realize that 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 was her dad but uh when we get to the clock tower and hearing it ring, that reminds he, that makes him realize, oh, it's me. I'm a terrible person. Oh God. Oh God. I hate and, myself. <laughs> yeah, seemingly killing him, like like wanting to kill himself and die again. Um, but the girls go, you know what? No, we're gonna make this happen. And they take the bell all the way back to Luna Nova. And uh, Miranda and her father end up meeting, and it's a beautiful moment of yeah. our principal going, "You know what? I don't, I don't resent you at all. I'm, I, I became principal of this wonderful school that I fell in love with, and it was, whew. and that's what I love about the show so much. It goes back between silliness, and then you get those touching moments, like with Miranda and her father speaking, and just the that whole scene, even after that, when he kind of like you know disintegr you know disappears and goes off and. Um, just seeing the witch's reaction to it too. It's like these are little girls that probably don't have a lot of experience with death mm-hmm. and them seeing this, it's like, huh. It's like I wonder what they're thinking about all this. But it yeah, it was just a really touching moment. Yeah, and and getting a chance to see that he and his wife since they're now in this in the same quote resting place, uh, are reunited in the afterlife. That was that was a really touching moment. But Again, with one of these lines, blessings upon the future of witches. 
And <clears throat> getting the tease about the Golden Age makes me think that we're about to get into the Silver Age, especially with some of the some of the reactions that we got from the Hamburg family in our next episode. Uh, but before we get to the next episode, um, the, this 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 episode ends with. Uh, them having to fix all of the brooms. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, that's that's not so bad. I thought we were gonna die, and then you just see this giant chasm of broken brooms, and now they have to think about what they've done. They they end up arguing about what the what their purpose of magic is, and it's nice. Yeah. It's just cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they even made a comment like, "I think this is gonna take us our entire lives to finish." <laughs> yeah. but I don't. I mean, if they if they could use magic, it'd probably be a lot better. But that's not the point. Yeah, you gotta think about what you do sometimes. Think about the repercussions. And I love how the principal was even like, well, you guys are still learning. Yeah. So it's at this point, at first, when we when we met her, she seemed a little more strict. But I feel like now she's starting to loosen up a little bit and give them, even though she's giving them punishments, she's not thinking, oh, we need to expel these girls. I think she's realizing that they are just little and they're learning and they're it's all part of their journey. They're still first years. Yeah. And, and ultimately... There is there are lessons in mistakes as well. So even though it broke the law, they and they. I mean, I'm surprised that no, there were no repercussions of them taking the money. I like I know that was just like sort of a one off joke, and I keep going back on it. But and of course, it was Susie. Yeah, Eastman uh, in the chat is saying Susie's sneeze was adorable. Do you think that she was getting like choked up or emotional, or that she was legitimately? I, sneezing on old man dust. No, I think she was getting choked up. I think she just does not want to admit any time she's emotional. And I think that was a moment. And that Susie is currently going to be executed back <laughs> yeah. in uh, yeah. Susie's subconscious. <laughs> She'll be gone. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about from Undead Travelogue? Um, or, or did we pretty much cover everything? I think we covered everything. Yeah. All right. So then let's move. But uh, before we move on to the next episode, we want to talk to you about iTunes. Now, iTunes helps us uh, stay in the going conversation when it comes to uh, anime podcasts on iTunes. So we really appreciate your support by heading down and leaving a review. If you're in a foreign country, uh, your your iTunes review will still appear on our podcast, but because of certain restrictions, we may not be able to see it. So if you are in another country and leave a review, take a screenshot and leave it in the hashtag uh, ABTVLWA, and that way we'll be able to read it on the air Thank you so much to everybody who has sent a review. We've got a couple new ones this week from Miss K. Rose. More anime on AfterBuzz. Heck yeah. I love the Yuri on Ice and the Ruby because it's an anime. Fight me. After shows. And I'm super glad we're getting a Little Witch after show. I love that the hosts are also fans of the show and it really comes through. Mark, Stacy, and friends are doing an awesome job and I'm enjoying the show. Thank you, Miss K. Rose. Humbly appreciate it. Uh, Heroes Paradise says, excellent. I usually watch the show on YouTube, but you need reviews here. So here I am. See? That's what we're talking about. I really like how everyone is being explorative in their predictions and assessments. I also like that they know about the OVA and movie and love them as much as myself. My only gripe on the YouTube side is that the video quality could definitely be better and some sound and some better sound quality. Otherwise, excellent show. Keep up the good work. We need those notes too. If you have any notes about the technical side, uh, us reading these on the air allows our engineers and our producers to know certain issues that may pop up so that we can better capture them and make a better product for you, the listener and or the viewer. Oh boy. This, let's talk about <laughs> be affection. Yes. I loved this episode. <laughs> that was a lot. 
Yeah. Don't go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it says it was Susie getting an, an enchanted Cupid bee uh, instead of a poison bee. Aww. <laughs> yeah, but I love how there was a but to that too. Like she, it was. It wasn't just that she ordered a Cupid bee. It was that the one that she actually wanted was not in stock, or they sent her the wrong one. Or, that happens all the time. Yeah. Amazon messes yeah. up. Magical yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it sort of works like Cupid's arrow, where if you get stung, the first person that you see, you fall head over heels in love with. Now, upon hearing that, it's kind of, uh, it's like, oh, okay. And I immediately thought, oh, maybe Andrew's going to be in this episode. And then our girls show up, Hannah and Barbara, dressed to the nines, all gussied up. They were invited to Andrew's house. With, oh, well, I should say, Diana was invited to Andrew's house, and they're coming along uh, to celebrate some achievement, whatever. Who yeah. cares? We're going to Andrew's house. Uh, and and there we have our plot immediately <laughs> And it could work however we want in our heads. So once we know, uh, or by the time we get to the, uh, well, for, actually, first of all, before we get to the intro, um, Diana steps out of the car looking like Cinderella, but he's like, I, yeah, she looked so miserable. Yeah, I don't want to do this. This is interfering with my studying. Uh, we're going to leave early. Right, let's just go make an appearance and leave. Yeah. You totally know. Like, you clear, everybody's had parties like that or things where it's yeah. like, Oh, come on, but my aunt invited me, or my fr it was my cousin, my friend, whatever. It's like, okay, we'll stay for like an hour or so. Plus, she clearly does not like Andrew. Oh, yeah. Very <laughs> evident from this episode and the, when when we first meet them re-meeting. Um, this, of course, everything makes Akko jealous, uh, and she decides that they're all going to the party. <laughs> Too headstrong for her own good. So now that we know... Akko is going to try to make her, and the girls are going to try to make their way into the party. We have this love bee. Before we talk about what actually happened, what did you think was going to happen in this episode? So, I knew the bee was going to come into play. Sure. I figured it was going to sting Andrew, mm -hmm. and he was going to see Akko, and that that would be it. And I, I didn't understand the parameters. I didn't think the bee would keep stinging. I thought it was going to be a one and, done. one and done, and then Andrew, the whole plot was going to be them trying to get Andrew out of the spell, and it was going to go crazy from there. Mm -hmm. um, I also didn't, didn't expect the Cinderella aspect of it when they went into the shop again, and I have to say that one of my favorite lines in the whole episode is when they were doing that spell. They messed up bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. But then Susie was like, buh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like in her typical, you know, like very, like just Susie voice. <laughs> mm -hmm. So <laughs> they get a Cinderella set, which is to be very popular in the magic community, and they get a Snow White set for free. Hope that comes back into play sometime when they have to like talk to woodland creatures or something. Um, and oh, Akko could use that to as a part of uh, her animal languages to learn yeah. bird languages. Interesting, um, but. When they they fail so miserably at bibbidi bobbidi boo, which seem which seems so easy to us, but who knows? It, we were also raised on it, um, which I think was a fun way of acknowledging Disney without having to pay the copyright fee. Yeah, because they didn't say the spell; they said it completely wrong. Which do you think that them saying the spell wrong is what led for let them to get a bike, a three person bike <laughs> instead of a chariot? Uh, or uh, a carriage, and that Akko was wearing Cinderella's dress before 
the ball instead of the the the, the beautiful one that she, it turns into? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't even know what they could have changed the spell on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, not them, but whoever wrote the spell and gave it to them. It could have just been that it was a different spell, the way that it was translated from Japanese, and it just didn't. Well, that well, that's also across. to go with how they pronounced it and their reticence of like, is this? Do you, is are we saying it right? Sort of a thing is what makes me think that they didn't do yeah. the spell correctly but you're right though her dress didn't look like a cinderella dress at all <laughs> but she it's almost like she thought it did so they didn't even question well, what happened <laughs> so in, at least in the, in the disney movie uh cinderella takes her mother's gown and makes it up to and, it, and it's a pink dress with a lot of bows so the fact that it that it wasn't the dress that it and after it got torn the dress that it turned into in the disney movie the beautiful blue gown but for Akko, it turned into the pink one. Instead, is another thing that makes me think, well, one, I watch too many cartoons. And two, <laughs> that maybe they messed up the spell to a point where she was wearing the wrong dress. But she was like, I don't care. I'm going to take this big old thing and we're going. Um, I love how Susie, though, when everything was said and done, she was still in like a witch's dress. <laughs> well, she nailed her part of the spell, so <laughs> it was perfect for her. <laughs> I love that line. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, Miraculous Corazon in chat. I'm not going to lie. Part of me wanted Akko to wear the bunny suit just to see what Andrew's reaction would have been. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been, been silly if it was like a masquerade. Maybe that would have been a, a, a way to go, but oy vey. Uh, and then as they're trying to sneak in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is hilarious. <laughs> so now, so we're on our bike. We're seeing carriages enter. And the, the Cinderella uh, story features animals being turned into footmen and drivers and all of that so did you think that we were going to she was going to turn that into a person and we were going to we she was going to they were going to properly enter the thing i didn't think that i thought as soon as i saw the squirrel or whatever i think it was a squirrel it was a squirrel yeah as soon as i saw it i was like oh no they aren't they are (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i kind of guessed they were going to do something crazy like that that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't think because especially it's, it looked like everyone actually had a physical invitation. And I didn't think that they were going to be able to, to get that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, they're, they're going to do something that distracts the guards so they can get into that party. And get in the party they did. A giant squirrel attacks <laughs> yeah. the entryway. And for some reason, they don't just evacuate the whole place. It, no, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. That and that never reaches the inner the inner party. I was wondering about that because everyone was screaming, but there's everyone was still inside. It was just the people outside screaming and running. <laughs> You'd be surprised. An orchestra in person is really loud, so it probably drowned out all of the noise from outside. Um, Akko ends up seeing Andrew across the room with a group of yes people, and she, she's like, "Oh, good, this guy." But then she starts seeing Andrew and Diana making just, and we can hear what they say, but she doesn't hear what they say. And the other girl's like, "Oh, don't they? Don't they look so cute together?" Um, <laughs> Akko's not pleased. Well, uh, how? What do you think was going through her mind seeing the two of them talk? I think she does like Andrew, and I think she's just really super jealous. But she's mm-hmm. at that age where she doesn't realize it, so it's like. She, do, I don't even think she realizes how she's feeling, but she was definitely jealous. To be sure. Um, and it's at this moment when Diana sees Akko across the room. And it's not 
it's not accusatory. It's very much level-headed Diana again, but gives us a what do you what do you think you're doing here? Yeah. Um, and knowing or thinking, we, we don't think that Diana is all bad, and they're they're trying to present her as all bad. And Hannah and Barbara are <laughs> not helping her case whatsoever. Like, you, how did you get in here? But what do you think was behind Diana's questioning of Akko? Like, I, think, I think she was just really concerned. Not so much that. She was. I think she was concerned that the father was going to react negatively to it because she probably understood that Akko. I mean, she probably knows the father doesn't like magic. She knows Andrew doesn't, so she, it probably came off like she was being a little nasty toward Akko. But in the reality, she was probably more concerned, and it just came off like that because of who Diana is. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Knowing, knowing how well, maybe not how anti magic, but how eh, how Andrew thinks and and the family thinks of magic, probably a little bit of concern for her friend. Like, yeah, this is a, like it's already a big deal that I'm here, doubling the amount of which which folk that are here. Probably not the best idea. Yeah. Plus, she knows how Akko can get. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so the chances of trouble happening are very high. So she probably was worried for that too. Yeah, and and uh, how it would it, all of this will probably make it back to her parents, and and she she was there probably for as little as she was already planning to be there. It seemed it seems like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in a lot of trouble, and let's make sure everybody gets out of this as unscathed as possible. And chances are she wasn't even supposed to bring Hannah or Barbara either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just maybe she was worried for that and. Now, Susie's the devil. Uh, she was dressed very appropriately at this. Uh, she releases the bee as Andrew's about to kick Akko and her friends out. Sting and all of the Team Anko people uh, are, are rejoicing because Andrew became ridiculously head over heels in love with Akko. Like, gross. And you, you mentioned before we went live that you started watching her on Host Club. And it looked... It's like the opposite of that. It's like how the how the members of the host club present themselves, but how Andrew or how everybody sees the object of their affection as just this glowing, glistening light of a remarkable person. It was weird. Yeah. Like at first it was like this is weird and then they made it even more bizarre and like this isn't normal, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. Like every single time that bee stung and some and that person saw someone else, including when uh Diana saw herself. <laughs> I mean, we're s skipping a little bit ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but uh I like how we we immediately see that Frank isn't alone. There's that Andrew's got a whole crew of people like, come on, it's a party. Let's have some fun. Uh, and all of those people get stung and uh, fall in love with Lotte. Good for her. Yeah. She needs some attention. I mean, I would say also, who knows what's in those Nightfall books? Uh, <laughs> and, and what sort of... I, do, I mean, and it, it's very the story itself. Nightfall seems like it's very has like a very romantic element to it. Sure. So she probably has this preconceived idea of what romance is. Mm -hmm. So having all those guys doting on her probably was an interesting experience for her. Yeah. Um. And now, what did you think of the uh, how forward? I mean, this this was due to a spell. So people were acting out of their normal head, but the forward nature in which Andrew was doting upon Akko in the room. 
Um, I thought he was a little inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, he's very forward, which I thought made sense considering he was under a spell. But then when she sees him again out by the fountain, he was he. I mean, he was kind of he kind of sounded more like himself. I was even wondering if he was still under the spell at that point, even though the bee hadn't been swatted. Yeah. So I thought it was inconsistent. I thought he would have been acting a little more over the top, top as the episode progressed. But in the beginning, I thought it was very appropriate. I think that also speaks to uh, how overbearing his father is, though. Um, and we'll get back to the fountain. You keep skipping ahead. Sorry. You're excited. <laughs> I get it. That's all right. Um, but <laughs> Aqua and Susie run the hell away. That's where we get the magical fly swatter introduced, leaving poor Lotte alone. Uh, and as they're running away, we see Diana and the other girls running in. And Diana gets stung and falls in love with Akko as well. <laughs> and it's just a it's a fun little moment uh, where uh, we get to see the two, like her doting upon Akko. I loved how it didn't even it wasn't even like the others where the person was already there. It was like she got stung and then all of a sudden we knew where Akko was and then she comes running out of the columns and that's when it happens. I, and I was wondering if they were going to do a double turn and have have it be Susie that she sees first instead <laughs> <Yeah>. of Akko. <laughs> that would be interesting. that weird relationship happen. Um, but this was a, uh, this is a shipper's paradise. <laughs> uh, seriously. Um, but... <sighs> That like once Diana got stung, I I was wondering what direction they were gonna go for it. Kind of happy that we got at least a little bit more of Diana's character, even though this isn't necessarily her and how she really feels. Though we'll never know. Um, though we may never know. It was fun just to to see that version of her character because she's she's always been the best way to describe it is selfish, but not like. Not like grossly selfish. She's been very much to herself. Yeah, she's very like um, like every, you would never really know what she was actually thinking or what she was feeling. Not in the same way as Susie, but kind of like Susie, just in a different sort of way. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting too because after she got stung and was saying all these things to Akko, she walked away and said, "Look what you're making me say." Like, even though she was stung, a part of her still realized what was happening to her. Yeah, she, I mean, she saw the bee and went, oh, it's an enchanted cupid bee. Like, she's, she's just a nerd. She's the biggest nerd. Good for her. Um, ends up running away, but Akko overhears Andrew, t- Andrew talking to his dad, talking about the world doesn't need witches, and they, eh, there's no place for them in their world. Uh, and that Andrew should have no time for frivolous things, including music. That's why you don't play music anymore. You don't need music. This is the town of Footloose. Um, but Akko confronts him and is like, ah, I guess you don't need witches anymore, you big old weirdo. Now now you were talking about this scene already. Uh, and Akko legitimate, like, I think one of the great things, my favorite things about Akko's character is that she she feels so strongly about magic. That it doesn't matter what's happening in the scene, if it's a, a if, whatever. If it's something involving magic... She, and somebody has a negative opinion on it, she has to share that opinion. You know? Yeah, and it's, she's very, um, she's always got a very positive outlook on it, too. 
especially in the situation with Andrew at the fountain when he was basically saying that he has to listen to his father. Mm-hmm. And Akko was trying to take the devil's advocate and tell him that he should follow his own dreams. And that was another big thing, too, is that it's so clear that she's not afraid. Like, she, if anything, she does things based off of how she's feeling before she even has a chance to think about it. Whereas Andrew's the exact opposite. <laughs> he thinks about it a lot and tries to please his father mm-hmm. and doesn't just jump into anything. So I feel like she's a really good um, person for him to kind of break him out of that so they can find a balance. Yeah. And, um, who boy, uh, she, so, and, and, and I also was, was kind of hoping that, that the spell was broken at that point, uh, because she goes, you know, you're beautiful. And, and that's not necessarily, too, yeah. you look beautiful, but your, your worldview, how you see things. And I think that, that snap, well, it, maybe it's a sort of a thing where when the bee stings you, that's where it's at its most potent. And then it start, it starts to wear, wear off, wear off, wear off, wear off a little bit. And dealing with his dad helped that come down even more because at least he was acting respectable to her. Uh, at this point, um, Akka runs off chasing the bee, um, but he goes, you know, no, 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 check it out. It's, it's the sweet show and plays the piano as we were just told that he hasn't played the piano in years and plays final bumblebee, which isn't easy. That's hard as hell. Yeah. It it was incredible. (laughs) And, um, I really, it didn't feel like he was under the spell at that point. And I, I kind of think that might, you know, what you were saying about the spell kind of wearing off when he called her beautiful and how he was acting right before he started playing the piano. It felt like that was truly him. Even if those are things he may not admit when he's not under the spell, it mm-hmm. felt like it was the truth. Um, and I really loved that moment. And I loved how he came in and spared her the humiliation of the dad, you know, trying to kick her out and... All that, especially as he started to play, and just watching her go after the bee too was pretty interesting because she was almost trying to catch it to the music, and then <laughs> when she climbed up and was on the railing, yeah, I was like, "Wow, that's an amazing balance." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good for you, girl. Um, and uh, the the bee ends up stinging her. Uh, uh, Lord, what is it? The was it? Is he a duke or what? Whatever, Mister Handbridge. Uh, and yeah. he falls in love with Akko. He's like, okay, this is about to get really weird real fast. And then swats the bee. I was like, oh, thank God. Um, but during the chase, everybody, essentially everybody gets stung. There's dudes liking dudes, dudes liking guys, girls liking dogs, Diana loving herself, which was the best. And then you want to talk about truth. Oh, yeah. I think that gave a little bit of, it, that again gave a little bit more insight into, uh, what, fans think like i think this is this is very much like they they got into a rhythm of writing episodes and went okay by this point the fans are going to be thinking this wanting this and doing this maybe maybe they didn't think that too too far into it but maybe this is a way to make you think about diana in a certain way and then they're about to flip the script on us in the the rest of the season maybe and i think she's a character who has a lot of gray areas too so even though she has this moment, and obviously it was a spell, so she doesn't really love herself, maybe there is a part of her who does, and it's a little too much. But at the same time, it's 
it's really we saw like a very different Diana because she just let it all out and we saw more of her emotions than we've ever seen before in any other episode. Yeah, and it's just good to see her emote. Um cuz in in the OVAs we only see so much of her. Um but after this, the spell is broken and Lotte looks really distraught cuz she had all of this attention all at once and then it was gone. And boy, was I happy when it's like, um, excuse me. And Frank, Frank, me too. Frank's, yeah. like, Frank's like, hey, did you want to go like a live any anywhere you want to go? Cause yeah. I just think we'll get along together. I was so surprised, but happy at the same time. Because Frank seemed like such a shallow dude. Yeah. 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 But maybe he's not. Maybe his outward appearance is completely different than who he is. I mean, the fact that he is still interested in someone that, you know, all the other guys were like, oh, goodbye. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> is, that says a Don't lot about him. girls at this party. Yeah, but, and Frank's like, hey, can I have your number? <laughs> Let's go to the library. <laughs> the last person that I expected to come out of this episode really liking was Frank. Me too. Oh, and that was a really nice twist. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then even when, when the girls are back are back at the, at the school, she's like, Oh, I said no, thank you. I don't. I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to do that without having some feelings myself. So we're just gonna be friends, which is which is such a wonderful way to do it. It's so mature too. Yeah. Who would think that someone her age would, you know, react that way and Mm -hmm. handle it that on that level? But that's just great that she could do that and they could be friends and you know eventually maybe when they're older. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. And and that. And originally, so we, we were talking a little bit before the show. Um, one of my one of my things about this franchise and about this world that I was a little bit uh, afraid of happening once Andrew got introduced and the way that his episode played out, uh, his first episode played out was that this was good. Like this was this is going to be a show about uh, girls liking boys and 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 th- that sort of a thing is like oh, but this was so innocent. It was just kids going to school and having a nice time and ultimately i i came around to realize that this is a part of growing up too akko doesn't know like it's not just like a regular love story where it's like and now that the, now they're betrothed and they're gonna fall in love <laughs> um but it, it's more of a thing where akko doesn't know how she feels about anything really like she just knows how she feels about magic and that's not that's just the most pure emotion that she's had and now in the Susie episode, and or both in Susie and Lottie's episodes, we we learned how how they've been feeling for a certain amount of time, and how that affects how they feel now. And this this was a good indicator of things to come. And it's not it's still it's still innocent. That was one of the things is that it wasn't going to be innocent anymore. And even with Andrew, we did get something out of him. Mm-hmm. He did kind of well, okay, based on Frank's observations, he was like, "Well, you're intrigued by this girl, then, right?" Mm-hmm. And Andrew didn't say no, so. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I I love how they're treating this, um, in every in every situation because they are just kids, and realistically, this is probably how it would go down. Mm. It wouldn't be like love at first sight and um, people jumping into relationships and declaring their love. <laughs> uh, really quick, um, what what other was was there anything else that we didn't talk about from this episode that you wanted to talk about? I think we hit on everything that I yeah. wanted to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna bring up the not our show, but Little Witch really quickly because somebody brought up. Look at what he's reading, and I can't, I couldn't tell because I was watching it on my phone. 
Uh, boop, boop, boop. Come on, come on. Load, load. Stop talking. Stop looking. Wait. Damn it. Dang it. Yeah, it's too small. I can't, I can't tell what he's reading. The scene with Andrew. Oh, oh, he was reading 1984. Oh, yeah. I noticed that. What a, what a jerk. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. I guess yeah. he's reading 1984. Yeah. Um, that was Andrew, right? Yeah, that was yeah, Andrew. Was Andrew. Bo- yeah. Who reads 1984 after a party? What a weirdo. Um, I mean, I know the... Have, have you read 1984? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, okay. It's like, I wonder what they were trying to say. <laughs> may, maybe that that he's a little bit more of an abstract thinker, um, but it. you don't read that book for fun, do you? It's well, so some heavy. Some people might. Some, some people might. Andrew, he might. Andrew's the person who read nineteen eighty four for fun. Um, all right. So before, oh wow, did pretty well. Um, so before we get going, do you? You don't have to play the cue, but do you? Excuse me. Do you have any predictions for eleven and twelve? I don't think we're going to see Andrew or the guys because mm-hmm. I. Th- well, maybe the finale. That's my prediction for that. But I think, yeah, I think eleven and twelve. We're going to get away from that. I think we might start to see more with um, what's going on with Ursula and how she's related. Because I, I still think she somehow either is or is related to Chariot. How about that? <laughs> and I haven't seen the OVAs. This is just from watching. Oh, this. they don't they don't reveal it in the OVAs either. But they they do their own version of hinting at her relationship with Chariot. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my prediction. Sacred. Um, <laughs> and I. Know- you got this. Oh, I'm sorry. It's this is just the midway point though, right? So we may not see anything huge. Yeah. But that's my prediction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um uh we were sort of uh introduced to the idea that Andrew while respecting his father isn't going to be like his father, uh and I hope that he keeps going into the direction of wanting to learn about why why magic should be special in this day and age and Akko is definitely somebody that intrigues him. Um, I don't want Akko to change our sweet, sweet cinnamon roll. Um, but uh, I think we're going to get another card spell within the next couple of episodes. Um, and I hope we, we get more class and a little bit more of... Even we got a bit of it in the like the cram session in the the episode with Professor Blub Blub, uh, with Professor Pisces. <laughs> but um, I hope we get more of... Just a regular session with Akko and Ursula. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I'm I'm excited for more of this show. So excited that we're going to watch some right now. So make sure to come back at 4 p.m. We're going to be talking about episodes 11 and 12 of season one of Little Witch Academia, available on Netflix. So uh, make sure to come back. Then uh, tell your friends if you have anybody that is currently watching the show. Have them come along. And thank you to everybody who has not spoiled anything in the show. So far, uh, we are watching it very unfortunately by watching episode by episode instead of just binging the whole thing. <laughs> but we appreciate it. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Rachel, where can the folks find you? What other shows are you on? Etc. I am, uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rach Goodman. I'm also on the Young and the Restless After Buzz, Sh- After Buzz show. And later tonight, I'll be doing Gypsy with a couple other people. So be sure to check it out. When did you join YNR? Oh, uh, maybe like four weeks ago. Oh, dang. Yeah. 
shows where my brain is on Sundays. Uh, and I'm the internet's Mark Budonica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Budonica. Check out all of our other anime and animation content. We did a uh, show for Yuri on Ice. We do a show for Ruby. Uh, we do a show for Attack on Titan. And I mean, those are way too long in the past to mention those. But also like uh, Steven Universe, Voltron, uh, Bob's Burgers. We love animation here at the AfterBuzz TV studios, and we would love to do more. So please leave us a review on iTunes or a comment down below. Also, check out Popcorn Talk later tonight. We're going to be doing our video game show, Inventory Full, uh, that I am a part of, and Stacey's a part of. It's a great show. We have a lot of fun here. Thank you for joining us on the Little Witch Academia After Show, and we will see you at Luna Nova. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Bibbidi, bubbidi, but What? The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.